What's up, everyone? This is the Sideline Story, the second episode in this new show featuring myself, Justin Benson. I want to thank everyone who watched the first one and listened to the first podcast of the NBA Recap. And today we're going to talk about a couple things. One is the Lakers roster, a championship roster. And two, who has taken the throne of the greatest player in the NBA right now? We'll have to see how I think about that and go on with that. So first we're going to talk about is the Lakers roster a championship roster? So, I mean, when you look at the Lakers roster, first you have to think of you have two of the best players in the NBA as one, LeBron James, and two, Anthony Davis. Uh, LeBron, first of all, is going to be the leader of that team. He's going to be the one that calms the troops, rallies the troops. He's going to be one of the balls with it in his hands. He will probably play mostly point guard this season, and I predict he'll probably have you know a, a twenty-five and ten and eight kind of uh, numbers with ten assists, averaging the most assists of his career. Last year, he did average twenty-seven point four points, eight point five rebounds, and eight assists in what some people may call a down year because he was hurt and because they didn't make the playoffs. But LeBron is still in the top five players in the NBA. You cannot argue with that. He's still arguably the best player in the NBA, as many would say. So, I mean, you still have LeBron as your leader. There's no way you can count against LeBron. There's no way you can bet against LeBron. He will be – he will make sure his team gets to the playoffs this year, especially with the roster that he has right now. Um, Nick Wright said on First Things First a couple of days ago that once you get to the playoffs, you know, it's it's mostly a top 7-8 team. Like, they're not going to play 1 through 12 and 1 through 10 in the playoffs. It'll be 1 through about 7. So really, as a team right now, you look at who's your top six guys going into the playoffs who can, you know, lead you to the playoffs. And right now, the Lakers roster, their top six would be LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, DeMarcus Cousins, Danny Green, and Avery Bradley. With that top six right there, you have arguably two of the top five players in the NBA. Kuzma, who's the youngest inning player, who averaged 18 points a game last year. You have Boogie, who averaged 16 points last year, but also was unhealthy. So if you get, if you want to look at, if you get half of what Boogie was before, if you get, if you can get Boogie for 80% of his time when he was with, you know, the Kings or the Pelicans, He's unguardable. He's a big man. He's he's going to average probably 16 points again and on a healthy side, if he can slim down for you. Danny Green and Avery Bradley. So if you look at it, I feel like this could be a championship roster. I mean, Anthony Davis, who will also be – he'll probably be the number one scoring option for the Lakers this year. He averaged 26 and 12 last season just for the Pelicans for the time that he played. He averaged four assists and two blocks, which is very great. He'll be a defensive force to work with. Um, He's probably going to be the leader of that defense and the rim protector for that team. Um, He'll be great, you know, as the first option. Let LeBron take off as the scorer. He'll be more of a point forward, actually a point forward this year. He can still get scoring, but he'll be more of facilitating to his teammates. Kyle Kuzma, who's, you know, an up-and-coming young player ascending into his talents. Um, He averaged 18.7 points per game last year. He'll probably be that third option for the Lakers in scoring. Um, he'll work great alongside of LeBron and Anthony Davis. He'll work more. He's working more this offseason off as a catch-and-shoot player working on his, on his jumper. Um, this will be very interesting to see if the Lakers will start Kuzma or if they'll bring him off the bench as that score off the bench for their third option. I mean, he can do both. 
Uh, if I'm the Lakers right now, I probably start them and then let them work in with the young, like with the second team, so they can have a score off the bench. Four, like I said, Demarcus Cousins he averaged 16 points and eight rebounds while healthy with the Warriors last year. Remember, he was a top five big before he um, got hurt with the Pelicans. So I mean, if he can come back, like I said again, if he can come back at least 80 percent of that, they'll be pretty tough to work with with a with a um, four or five combination of Anthony Davis and Demarcus Cousins in your starting lineup. Most teams don't have two bigs that can guard that. So, I mean, that'll be something that the Lakers will have to work with. But that'll be a pretty good, you know, 4-5 combo down there in the post. Number five, you'll have Danny Green. Of course, he's coming off that championship season with the Raptors. He averaged 10 points last season, which, I mean, that's that's average for him. He's a 3 and D guy. He shot 45% from the three. And he can also still play great defense. I mean, many people are asking, like, if LeBron plays point guard, how will they be able to guard point guards? Danny Green will be the one to probably have to guard the James Hardens and the Chris Pauls and the Kyries of the, um, of the league. It'll be him, not LeBron. He don't have to guard point guards. But it, depend, it depends on how um, the Lakers look at their starting lineup. He also will be the guy who can you know shoot threes off of the LeBron penetration or AD and boogie post-ups. Like When they double, Danny Green will be the one to shoot the threes. He's a knockdown shooter for them. They did a great job. Secondly, I'm going to go with the next one, Avery Bradley. He's also a good 3 and D player. Many people forgot about him because he was in Memphis, and you really don't see Memphis on you know TV. You don't really watch Memphis Grizzlies game. I mean, that's just how it is. But he shot 35% from three last season, and he also averaged 10 points a game. He, and he can still play great defense. Um, when Bradley was with the Celtics, of course, y'all remember he was a great player for them. He played defense. He shot the ball. He could score on the Celtics. I mean, with Grizzlies, I mean, he probably had a down year, but he could still come back with the Avengers this year and, and, you know, help the Lakers out with a really good good thing. Seven, I'm going to go with JaVale McGee, who averaged 12-7 and seven last year and also two blocks a game. JaVale McGee would be a good guy who can, you know, run up and down the floor for that second unit. Him and uh, probably Rondo will be the leaders of that second unit. Um, JaVale McGee can – he'd be a great backup. He's, he's an athletic guy who can run, he can jump, and block shots. And that's what the Lakers will need with that second unit, taking out Boogie and taking out Anthony Davis. Next, you'll have Rondo. Of course, Rondo, I mean, he's a good backup guard. He needs the ball, but he will also control your second unit. He will make sure that everyone's in the right spot. He'll make sure the offense is running well. He's, he's a definite floor general. So, I mean, he'll be able to help out the, that second unit, get the players the ball when they need to. He averaged nine points and eight assists last year. So, I mean, he's going to be that actual point guard mentality that he's going to need off the bench. One thing I don't like is Rondo can't make jump shots. So, he can't play alongside LeBron. It, it doesn't work as great playing on the court with LeBron because both of them need the ball. If Rondo could try to develop, you know, some kind of consistency in a jump shot, even though it's kind of late for him to try to do that, it will work out for the best. But... That's not Rondo's game. So that's, I mean, he's going to be the great backup point guard that they need behind LeBron. But he will never probably become a starter unless LeBron's sitting out that game or something like that happens. Next, you got Jared Dudley. He's going to be that tough guy, the hard defender who's going to foul you when you need it. He'll be the guy to take, you know, all the tough guy talk. He'll fight for the team. But he can also shoot. He shoots 39% from the three for his career. So he's another 3 and D guy that with that second unit, he, he might be able to space the floor the best way for them. Um, they It depends on how they'll have the scoring options with that second unit because 
when you're looking at it, Rondo, Dudley, and JaVale McGee, none of those guys are, are people who can really create offense for them. But if they can keep Kuzma in that second unit some or keep Anthony Davis in the second unit some, even, you know, if they can just hold LeBron in there for a little longer sometimes, that can be the creative option and scoring that they can have. Next, we're going to go with Detroit Daniels. Um, he's not such a great defender, but he is a great shooter. He shoots 38% from the three-point line. So he's the guy who can definitely shoot the, shoot the basketball. So, I mean, they'll probably run him off screens, um, let Rondo try to get him the ball in the spots that he likes and figure that out. Next, we're Quinn Cook. Uh, he can score the ball. He can shoot the three. He shot 40% from three with the Warriors last season. He's mainly going to be that high-energy guy. I mean, he can't really play defense, but he can get you buckets when needed. He can be a standstill shooter when needed, but he's not a great defender. So, I mean, I don't know how he'll work with that team. He can somewhat guard, but, I mean, he's not that guy that's just going to be like, okay, I'm going to go out here and play defense. Next, we're going to go with KCP, of course. He can play D. He can shoot the three. I mean, sometimes he is a little inconsistent with that. Uh, sometimes he does take bad shots because he knows he can shoot. Uh, remember, KCP was a top draft pick when he got drafted. But, I mean, he's declined from that. But he can still give you – he can give you buckets here and there when need be. He shot 35% from three last season with the Lakers. Um, like I said, he's kind of like a Troy Daniels. He can get you the ball – Rondo gets you the ball – in the spots that he likes, but he can also play defense. So he'll be the guy to, to lead that second unit in defense and do what he can, you know, help the team. Lastly, I'm going to go with Alex Caruso. He's a nice young guard, athletic, and can shoot the basketball. He helped the Lakers last season, even in their down year. He still averaged nine points for the Lakers, and he shot 48% from the three-point line last season. He didn't take many threes, but when he did, he knocked them down. So he can be a guy off the bench as well who can be a high-energy guy who can spark the team athletically and by shooting the basketball. Um, that's one guy who is probably going to be a sleeper. He can, He's going to be able to help them in any way that they need. He's, he's a guy who can do a little bit of everything. So with that being said, with this roster, I feel like it is a pretty, um, you know, championship-contending roster. It's, it's better than last year. Don't get me wrong. Last year, they just added a bunch of guys who were just there, a bunch of people who just wanted to be playmakers, basically. I mean, they brought back Rondo, but Lance Stevenson wasn't a very great shooter. I mean, that's just how it had to be. Um, JaVale McGee played great in the beginning, but, I mean, he got sick and ended up not playing as well middle half of the season, but came back strong at the end. So, I mean, they're going to have a bunch of guys who can 3 and D, and that's, that's one thing that LeBron really wins with is a bunch of guys who can play defense for him and a bunch of guys who can shoot three. Um, going into the end of the games, if they go into a lineup of, a, for example, Avery Bradley, Danny Green, LeBron, Kyle Kuzma, Anthony Davis, you have, four, you have four guys who can play defense. Three guys who will be great defenders. LeBron can play defense. And then you have Kuzma, who's, who can be that defender he has to work on as he grows and matures which hopefully this season he can take that next step of being a defender. We know Kuzma can score. Now it's just can you score and defend to become an elite player in the NBA. So basically, with that being said, yes, I feel like this is a championship contending roster, as I said before. And, I mean, we'll just have to see how they gel and how the chemistry becomes. Next, I'm going to talk about 
who has the throne in the NBA as the best player in the world? Um, a lot of people have said, you know, like Kawhi has came and taken the throne over the best player in the NBA, or KD is now the best player in the NBA. Um, in my opinion, LeBron James is still the best player in the NBA. Um, if you looked at LeBron's stats compared to Kevin Durant and Kawhi, he still had better numbers than those two guys. So how can you take away the fact that LeBron is not the best player just because he didn't make it to the playoffs? I mean, if you look at their team, before Christmas, before LeBron got hurt, they were the fourth seed in the West. So, I mean, that looks at – you look at how much of an impact LeBron has. He went from the team being in the fourth in the West to when he came back, they weren't even in the playoff contending. So, I mean, yes, you could say he's not the best player, but he did so much for the team with the people that he had. The only, people, people, the only reason people are saying LeBron probably not the best player in the NBA is because he didn't make the playoffs. You didn't get to see him in the playoffs. So you can't say he's not the best player because of the team that he had. Everybody needs a team. Everybody needs a team and some help with it. So LeBron's number one. Number two, Kevin Durant, of course. A seven-foot scorer who can score at will, score anywhere. If you look at it, before KD got hurt, KD had the Warriors – on pace to win again. They were going to win three straight. Um, he was taking over games. He was the best player in the NBA, best player on the floor, best player in the NBA, hands down. Like, it wasn't any, any questions asked. Then, when KD got hurt, it all of a sudden turned to like, yeah, it's the Kawhi show. So Kawhi was taking over. He was showing that he was the best player, whatever. But before KD went down, you weren't hearing much about Kawhi. You weren't hearing Kawhi this, Kawhi that. So, that's how I put KD above Kawhi. KD can score at will. KD's the the probably the best scorer in the NBA right now, if we're gonna be honest. He's probably that that best best scorer. So number three, yes, I put Kawhi Leonard. After this playoff run he had, he's definitely in that top three, of course. I mean, in the, each of these three guys can make a case for being the best player in the NBA. This is just my opinion and my statistics on how I, I picked it. Kawhi definitely is a great player. He can score. He can defend. Um, he has to do that the whole season for me, though. He has to he has to get an MVP. He has to get a um a scoring championship, something like that. I mean, yes, he took over in the in the playoffs. He took over and got a Finals MVP, but he has to do that for a season for me. Like he has to win an MVP champ uh, uh, MVP trophy because I mean, right now he his career averages probably I want to say are like seventeen points a game. I need I need a full season of you averaging you know. 25. Come on, give me that. Why? Next, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. Um, this this was hard between Anthony Davis and Giannis because, I mean, of course, they're both great players. But my thing that Giannis can't do that Anthony Davis can do is shoot. Anthony Davis can shoot a mid-range. Anthony Davis can shoot a three-point shot. Anthony Davis can score from anywhere on the court at any time whenever he wants to. He's a 6'10 big man who can dribble like a point guard, shoot like a guard, move like a guard, and also plays defense. He averaged 2.4 blocks a game last season. He's a guy who can do everything on the court no matter what's going on. You're not going to be able to find a weakness in his game based off of, oh, I can't. he can't shoot a jump shot or something like that. So five, I did put Giannis because I put him behind AD, like I said. Giannis can't shoot jump shots. Giannis right now is technically a point forward. I mean, he can score in the basket. He can defend. But outside of 15 foot, he's not going to give you anything else. He can barely shoot free throws. 
So that that's one one thing that Giannis has to work on this offseason. Yes, he did win the MVP, and I applaud him for that. But he has to get a jumper so he can develop an elite player out of that. Like He can become so much better if he develops a jump shot. Six, I'm going to go with Steph Curry. And one thing about Steph, he affects the game in so many ways, with and without the ball. Like Steph's best playing is off the ball because it affects the team so much better. Like The team runs so much smoother with Steph Curry off the ball than with the ball in his hands. And that's one thing I love about Steph. He doesn't just, you know, stand when he doesn't have the ball. He runs off screens. Like, he's one of the greatest players to, like, pass the ball, move, and get the ball right back. Or off a rebound, come around, move, and get the ball right back, open jump shot. He he gets his teammates open by not even having the ball. And that's one great thing about Steph. He can shoot the lights out. He's going to probably be the best shooter ever, which, in my opinion, he's number one right now with the best shooter ever. I mean, that man shoots from anywhere, off any dribble, doing anything – he does it all. He can also score. He can also assist. He can also rebound. One problem with Steph is he can't play great defense. I mean, that's what you saw. You see in the playoffs is many teams try to do a pick and roll to isolate Steph on their best player. So that's one thing Steph needs to work on is his defensive ability, which sometimes, I mean, hey, you get Clay Thompson, you got Draymond Green. Those two guys play great defense. So sometimes Steph doesn't have to play defense. But Steph can also get to where he's a, a, a solid defender. He doesn't have to be great, but just be a solid defender. Make sure that teams know that, yeah, you can't just put me on an island and say, yeah, I'm going to score every time. That's what teams feel like they can do with Steph Curry. Seven, I'm going to go with James Harden. James Harden can score at will. He gets his teammates involved. But as well as Steph, I mean, he can't play defense, and he hasn't won. And that's one thing Steph is above James Harden for because he hasn't won. Harden is one of those guys who before was a guy who disappeared in the playoffs. Um, if y'all, if you guys remember that game six at home against San Antonio, he was nowhere to be found. I mean, James has to overcome that. He did make a uh, make a giant step this playoffs by not disappearing, but also they lost without Kevin Durant. Uh, they that should have been something that you know the Rockets took advantage of by the Warriors not having KD and they lost. So. I feel like James can take that next step to becoming a greater player by playing defense and also just showing up when you need to be showing up. The regular season matters, but it doesn't matter as much as the playoffs. Next, I'm going to go with Russell Westbrook. Uh, you can't not have this man in your top 10. He's averaged a triple-double the past three seasons. The only problem with Westbrook is he can't win. Um, if if you've seen, since Kevin Durant's gone, he's exited the first round every year. I mean, uh, it's, it's no way to put it around it. Russ is an explosive player. He plays defense. He plays hard. He takes it every night. Another thing that Russ can work on is shooting. Uh, that he's, he's not a great shooter. He takes bad shots, which is a problem with that. But even the shots that are good shots, he can't always knock them down. He shoots 29% from the three, which is, which is not great at all. So, I mean, if he can work on jumpers and just work on, you know, better decision-making with with his with his shots and even with you know sometimes slowing the game down, you don't have to play fast always. I mean, like that's the point of the NBA. You have to have great pace, and I feel like he's always on the explosiveness to the basket, which sometimes that's good to be explosive, be aggressive. Sometimes you have to just you know slow it down and focus on getting everyone involved with the team. Which we'll see how that works out with him and James Harden this year, because you know they're on the same team with the Rockets, and James can teach him some things about just you know slowing the game down. You know. 
taking his time, just controlling the game and controlling your team because that can be a difference in them winning playoff games and them not winning playoff games. So that's my number eight, Russell Westbrook. Number nine, Dame Lillard. This guy is a guy who, who is very underrated in my opinion. Dame Lillard is, is arguably one of the best point guards in the NBA. He, he's the leader of that Portland Trailblazers team. It's, no, it's nothing Dame can't do. He can shoot from anywhere. He can score from anywhere. He has great handles. He can defend. The only thing that's stopping Dame is them winning. And, I mean, this year they might have a chance. I mean, they're probably that second-tier NBA teams, but they have a chance. They have Dame, CJ, Nurture uh, to come back. They got a sign white side. They got a pretty developed team. So, I mean, if Dame can be that leader and lead them, you know, on maybe to the conference finals and win a couple games, they can't get swept, though, because this year they got swept without KD. So they can't get swept again. Dame needs to, to get a, a conference championship under his belt at some point in time. He'll probably go down. The way it's looking, he'll go down as one of the richest players to not win a ring. But he's a great player, and no one can tell him otherwise. And with number 10, I'm going to go with Embiid. Uh, Joel Embiid is a big man. He can score. He can defend. One thing about Embiid, he needs to lose some shape. He needs to lose some weight. He needs to get in some shape. And he has to be the leader of that team. I mean, he has Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons can't hit a jump shot at all. So he has to be the guy to lead that team. Um, They don't have a closer this year because they let Jimmy Butler go. But Joel Embiid needs to lose some weight and stay healthy. And he can, you know, help that team get to the, the conference finals and even the, the NBA finals. So they don't have to deal with a Kawhi. They don't have to deal with LeBron. All they have to do is LeBron James right now, honestly. And that's going to be in the finals. So if Joel Embiid can to make those necessary steps to get better and keep improving, those guys can, you know, become a championship continuing team. So that's my top 10 players in the NBA. Um... Let me know how y'all feel about this list. Let me know if there's any changes that you guys feel on your opinion. But thank you for watching this episode of the Sideline Story. Thank you for my listeners on my podcast. Please like, comment, subscribe. Uh, write me, follow me on Twitter at the Sideline Stowe one, and on Instagram at underscore the Sideline Story. I will put those both in the description. Thank you again. My name is Justin Benson, and you guys have a great day.